Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to another episode of Goodbye Bullshit, Hello Happiness, Magical Curiosities Edition with my beautiful co-host, Sarah. Hello. Hello. And um, yeah, we haven't done a live in a while. And um, just to put it out there again, um, if you are interested in any of the sweatshirts, mugs, artworks, uh, you can go to my website, atusaraision.com, and just go to the shop, and you'll have links to all the different um, apparel, artwork, everything else. So hope you enjoy it. Today, we are going to talk about surrender. What does it mean? How does it work? Um, what does it mean in terms of your um, sort of healing process? What does that look like and what does that mean? And um, for me, I guess I'll just go ahead. We're just going to jump right into it. Surrender is more of, it's not a giving up or letting go. Because I think a lot of people have a hard time where it's like, okay, I surrender. <laughs> you know, it's like you've been beaten down and you're like, okay, I give up, I surrender. Take me. Uh, so there is that kind of feel to it. But in this sense, it's not a surrender like that. It's more like I can't see the big picture. I don't know the big view. And it's more of a trust that I'm letting go of the wheel and I'm surrendering to the flow and letting what is mine to sort of flow to me and what is not to flow away. And in that, I mean the healing, like I'm, I'm releasing what no longer serves me. I'm letting go. I'm surrendering to this flow to the, you know, guide me to let go of what no longer serves me. Let it go. And that which is for me to flow to me. So in a way, I think that's a better way to look at it than saying, you know, oh, I give up. I surrender. Hands up. Your thoughts, Sarah? Well, I was going to say, and I think that that image of like the surrendering and giving up um, is that as somebody who grew up in a Christian culture, one of the struggles I always had was with this idea of being told that I had to surrender to God's will, mm -hmm. right? There was this sort of dominance aspect of surrendering, which I think um, I think is prevalent in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. And then I know that for myself, this idea of being willing to kind of just let, I mean, we keep saying let go because I do think it is a, it's a letting go of resisting, mm -hmm. right? It's a trusting, not just, not just kind of in the outside stuff, right? Like we have to, that we're trusting that the universe is supporting us. It's also that we trust in our own self and our own guidance system, right? We, we trust in our own knowing, Mm -hmm. Um, and that I, I think that that dominance aspect <laughs> is something that I'd love to be able to reframe, right? Like to mm -hmm. have that language, that word surrender, not have to be kind of coded in that 
idea of dominance? Um, different things you said. So let's go block <laughs> by block. Sure. Um, one thing, uh, well, the dominance you spoke of first and last. So let's go right in that one. And, um, you know, we were talking about this earlier. Society in past, I don't know how many years, generation, it's either um, has moved really away from the word God and religion or has gotten even closer to the word God and religion. And there are groups that have just, you know, found their way of what works for them to deal with. And I know when I work with my clients, the word God can be a very triggering word for them. So in a lot of times I've replaced it with universe, uh, source, yeah, whatever works for you, because at the end of the day, it's all the same. It's the definition that's been given. And if we go back in the history of spirituality and religion, um, the sort of the first, I don't want to call it organized religion, but the first religion that came about in history, recorded history, is Hinduism. I mean, there are there spiritual aspects that was before that, but the main one that everybody considers the first one is Hinduism. And everything else that followed after that, even before it, it all falls into the same saying that the basic basis of all of them, God is love. God is in you and in everything. You are God. And if you take that aspect of that, and you are the creator of your life. So those concepts, if you bring them all together, especially in Hinduism, they, and a lot of the gurus that we know of and we follow, everybody, points into the same thing that I am. There's one God, there's, you know, is in you and everything and around you. And that concept is what they talk about as I am. I am, when you say that, that after that, everything else is in that one, oneness of I am. It stays in it. So you're really not, there isn't a dominance of something outside of you. Everything is in you. And that's why with the healing, um, you know, I point to it, everybody else points to it. You got to go inside, become aware, go inside, and your outside is going to match the inside because everything is one everything is the same it's in like that oneness and it's like so i think when we're first starting down that path i mean i'm feeling the energy of this it's like so big and i remember early on through this process just for those who may be watching this at some point 
at this moment in time, it's been just over a year since I first had met Atusa and had the chance to work with her. And that um, I remember the first thing that I had to just be okay with, right, was this idea of like, okay, now I just have to learn to trust me. And as I learned to trust me, it made it so much easier to trust mm -hmm. not just other people, but everything I experienced. Like, I don't think we realize a lot of times how much we don't value our own experience and how much we don't value the way that our perspective in the world. Because that's when you were talking about God and the oneness, I was thinking, and that's what makes uh, people's sort of like they're, when people are stuck in their perspective of what God means, of what it means to be spiritual or religious or whatever, when you get stuck into this one perspective and you can't change as you learn and grow, that's when there's this big conflict between people who have different perspectives, right? It's like if we can trust our own perspective and then understand that everybody else is coming from that same place. Um, it allows every definition of God to be valid. It is. And but and all, the funny thing is, if they go and study whatever religion you're at, even if you don't have a religion, you know, you're not following any kind of religion, everything points to the source, the self. There's one. There's, it points to one. And that one begins with you, and it's based in love. So now put that, give it whatever name you want to give it, and expand from there. But the basis of it is you, the self, the I am, and from there, everything else exists in that. And when you connect, and the other reason that, you know, you know, I point inside everybody, that once you really go inside, there is a, you reach that place of unconditional love. And people, that's another triggering word for them, actually, love. Mm. And the main part of that is because we have forgotten, not forgot, well, forgotten and also have stepped away sort of with society and everything, what that definition of love is, because, you know, love is reserved to who, you, who and what you can say it to. Mm. And you know, you love someone and then you don't love someone. Uh, you love them when they're in your life and you don't love them when they leave. So it's become very conditional like that. But the love that once you've connect back inside and sort of rediscover that one, the, the self, the I am, whatever you want to call it, rediscover that, that you, you find yourself in that source of unconditional love. And again, when you go from inside out, it can flow naturally out 
because everybody's included in that one. Another way Rumi actually talks about this is, um, you know, he has a poem which basically says, everybody's your mirror. <laughs> and you're here to break away those layers that you built against love, against yourself. And so once you release those layers and look into whoever is coming, whoever, whatever is in front of you is reflection of you back at you, you can extend that love because they are you. They are that source. That source that's in you, it's in them. Mm. You know, when they say namaste, you're basically greeting that one that's inside all of us. And I'd like to say that I think um, that, and that's the beauty of how you get through challenging situations in an okay space, right? Like in that love centered mm -hmm. place. Cause I was just thinking um, of an event several months ago that had really triggered me when I was watching somebody act out um, and sort of causing trouble in a public space and was full of anger and was just being really mean. And I wanted to go over there and rip his head off, right? And it took <laughs> several months of thinking about this before I realized, you know, that's the thing. Like, it triggers me because I know that space. I know what that space feels like. I recognize what it is to have that anger inside. And that's why it's so frustrating to me, <laughs> right? Is because it's pulling on the things that I need to work on releasing still. Mm -hmm. And um, the more you live with that reflective idea, which actually you pointed to earlier, by the way, when you're talking about the oneness, the inside and the outside, and the first word that popped in my head was reflection. Um, and that I think when you start seeing your outside surroundings as reflecting what's going on inside you, it also makes it more clear, I think, to see what are the things that you are able or willing or want to address in any given moment in time. Because I do think this, these are really big ideas, right? And it's really easy, I think, to feel overwhelmed just by the profundity of what we're talking about right now. But ultimately, it boils down to your choices, right? Like, yeah. where are you? Where, where is your, where do you, where do you, what feels good, right? What direction feels good to be going? And I think the more we can live by that idea, because honestly, I think the words feel good is triggering too, to be honest. Well, I was going to mention what, something you said, um, that love that you were ta we're talking about, the reflection, the reason it becomes hard for people is because there isn't any self-love. Yes. So again, another important reason to go inside and remove those layers is to find that place of love where you can love yourself. Because once you start to love yourself, then letting that love flow outside of you, it's much easier. Yes. Um, I used to like drill this in Ilya when he was younger. And that, you know, instead of right now, instead of saying, I love you, 
I want you to really love yourself. Like really, really, because I would always told him like, how can you love anybody else if you don't love yourself? You can't, it's impossible. And you I mean, can say the words, but you don't know the feeling. It's true. And the thing is, if you're always looking for outside validation, I mean, that's sort of that classic trap that people fall yeah. into in general. Yeah. And I will say that um, the experience of discovering self-love, it, it's something people talk about, like, right, this is kind of a catchphrase right now, like self-love, self-care, right? Good self-hygiene. like self -hygiene. Right. Yeah. All this kind of stuff. Yeah. And that um, I'm glad you're saying it that way, too, by the way, because it's not self-love, really. I mean, it's part of it. Right. You're caring for yourself. Yes. But self-love included in that is accepting of everything that's that you make up, everything that's you. Including whatever you call your dark parts. Yeah. Yeah, your sh or yeah. your shadow self or whatever you want yeah. to refer to it as. And that um, it is, I'm sorry, I don't even know how to describe it. Like the, the difference in living in a world where I'm not constantly berating myself, I'm not basically telling myself that I'm a worthless jerk and that I have very limited value to those people around me. And instead being able to say, you know, I'm a blessing. I am blessed and I bless others. Mm -hmm. It's that's, I mean, that right there <laughs> changed my life. <laughs> and the thing is, it just allows you then to also connect with all the things that you used to tell yourself were dumb. Right. So I think it's also like surrender, surrendering your constructs that you have created around yourself or the mirrors, right. That mm -hmm. break. And that by releasing those constructs, it is how you allow the universe to speak to you in multitudes of way as well. Like, I think most of the time, honestly, a lot of us are just like, la, 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 <laughs> la. I'm not seeing, yeah. I'm not hearing, I don't want to know. Yeah. Um, and the more comfortable that we are with receiving whatever messages are sort of to help us to grow and evolve and unfold and become whole, right? To feel that wholeness and that oneness and that bigness and to be able to live that day way day to day, you know, I mean, what a gift. Um, the surrender you were mentioning too. Um, I want to just say it for uh, the audience mm -hmm. one more time again, that it's the rule book, what you were saying, the constructs and everything we all Everybody has this rule book that they've carried, some of it generationally, some of it, you know, from society, some of it as safety. And we have this big rule book that we take with us everywhere. And part of that surrender is letting go of that rule book and allowing so to me surrender is more of an allowing rather than a giving up mm. it's like it's just a more of like my hands are like this i'm trying to control everything i have my rule book and you're now more allow like opening the hands and allowing things to move 
and allowing a different perspective, allowing a different vision, allowing magic into your life. Um, just allowing the flow back and with that allowing so that you don't clench up your hands again is the trust that we talked about earlier that I'm going to trust and I'm not going to keep closing up and picking up my rule book again. I'm going to yes. trust and let go. Perfect. <laughs> so, yes. so surrender equals allow plus trust. Um, I think that's perfect, actually. <laughs> that's a good rule. I love it. My scientist just came out. My, <laughs> you know, the back of the days, like all the equations and everything I would do. So my engineering. So this is it. Yes. The equation is. And one of the things I'd like to point out, actually, as I've been thinking about this subject, knowing we were going to talk about it, I was realizing um, the difference between instinct and knowing. And I actually think this is for myself when I'm doing my self-healing or I'm trying to communicate with energy and entities and that sort of thing. This is actually a very important distinction. And let me just expressly say for those who may be watching and don't know, um, is that uh, I do work with lost souls sometimes. Like if I carry them with me or try to help release them, um, and some of the ways in which they communicate me with me means that I'm having really violent dreams or I'm having these really terrible images in front of my eyes, or I'm hearing voices that are just mean and nasty. And I go, I know that's not me because I don't do that to myself anymore. <laughs> right. I recognize this is something else happening. And that, um, you know, a lot of times people who are starting to meditate, will start to have sensations over their bodies that feel unfamiliar and sometimes invasive, to be perfectly honest. Um, I remember way early I was having something kind of drilling into my ear and that freaked me out, like just totally. And I think that's that's what I would call instinct. So it's like this sort of physical fear that we hold on to about things that we don't understand, things that we're feeling that feel unusual or different or that we've been told that when we feel this way, it's not a good thing, right? Something bad is happening. And it took me a while to figure out the difference between my sort of biological or fear-based instinct versus being heart-centered knowing. Mm -hmm. And that it's sort of how I differentiate sometimes, especially since I still have a, you know, I still have a lot of ways to shed and a lot of stuff that I need to let go of. That's totally mine <laughs> that, um, you know, to help me have some sense of where things are coming from. That's my litmus test now. And so I'll relax for a minute and, and feel it and allow it. And then it's my choice, right? Like I get to choose what happens in that next moment. But by taking that instant to relax and allow and kind of not let my instinct kick in like, oh, okay, I can't touch that, right? Whatever that is. It, it's been helping me to be able to more deeply connect, not just with lost souls and, you know, guides and whatever, but also with my own self and those dark parts of myself that in the past I had absolutely pushed away and, you know, imprisoned them. Um and that it's really, um, Sorry. it's okay. <laughs> and um, it's just this idea of 
allowing also those parts of myself to communicate with the rest of me and not kind of shutting that out that it has allowed me to have a much more spiritual deep dive than I even think, I don't even think in the beginning I would have really believed, like if somebody said, oh, in one year, you're gonna be working with lost souls and talking you know, to aliens and guides and higher dimensional beings and that's just your daily life. I would have been like, yeah, right, you know. Um, well, it's, I'm just saying it's profound how that acceptance, right? Self-love. Yes, and acceptance of yourself, yes. And how that changes the way that heart having a heart-centered experience and using that knowing, living in that heart-centered space, you also get to experience things that maybe previously you didn't even understand existed, right? Like there's things that have happened that I couldn't have imagined. The, the key points in that um, is you let go of the fear. Hmm. And the way you were able to let go of that fear was, again, going inside, finding that acceptance for yourself, finding that self-love for yourself that I know that I all these things are in me and I love all parts of me and we're, we're able to sort of like get everything in and hug everything in yourself. And from that place, then anything that, we, again, you allowed, opened up, let go of those, you know, fingers that being clenched on things. Yes. And from that space, then it was like, whatever else comes, like, okay, I don't need to be afraid. Let me see what this is. Yes. Because you're, when you don't have those fears inside of you, getting you triggered that every, you become reactive to everything, you allow that space that you can be. And I think that goes back also to what we were talking about originally. When you find that place of oneness, that you're connected with everything and everything is you and you're in everything from that place, then everything just flows and opens up and you don't, you don't get that instinct that that fear-based instinct goes away. Right. Because it's like, you know, I'm not afraid of my hand. Why would I be afraid of my hand? You know, Right. I'm not afraid of this curly hair. <laughs> <laughs> this curly hair that doesn't want to go anywhere. It pops in front of my eye. But, you know, you're not, because everything is a part of you and you've made peace within yourself. So that fear instinct goes away and everything becomes that knowing and heart-centered. You move naturally from that place. And it's a beautiful place to live. I mean, ultimately, with all the stuff we talk about, that's like, I think, the most important thing is why do we talk about these things? Why do we think they're important? Right? And it's because the shift in perspective, um, that 180 degree shift is, it's, it's great to be alive. I mean, that, and that's what it boils down to, right? It's great to be alive. It's great to experience experiences. I mean, whatever they are. And, oh, surrendering to allowing 
the emotion of the moment. That's kind of the one thing we hadn't really brought up yet. Um, but that's part, that's a big part of surrendering too, is understanding that, yeah, I mean, I'm going to have times I'm crawling, crying like a nutball on my bed, right. That I'm just wailing for a minute and then it passes. And then I'm like, okay, hmm, let's figure that out. Let's see what that was about. What was that about? Oh, interesting. It came from, right. And it allows you to get to know yourself better too, because ultimately that's our job. I think is to know ourselves, love ourselves, and be able to extend that same love to other people because we love ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, the emotions are, um, we have, again, part of that rule book, I think, that we talked about, um, somewhere along the line, we picked up that emotions are bad. We shouldn't feel emotions other than happy, other than love, um, and maybe a few other ones. The rest of them are like bad emotions or don't feel them. Or, you know, if they come up, it's like, oh, go away, go away, go away. Yeah. Or even in the, um, when you're working on healing yourself, a lot of times I tell this to clients, you know, it's like they've taken a scrub and they're trying to scrub everything out. That's not what healing is. Mm. We're not scrubbing things away. It's like, oh my God, this is so bad. Let, let me take it away, let it go away. Um, or saying that, oh, I need to get rid of all this to get there. That's not the point of healing. Um, that's not the point of surrender. It's just like letting this be and it's okay. It naturally flows there. Um, the emotion that's coming up has a purpose. Let it be. Um, love it. Extend the space for it. There's a big space that that emotion can be in there and will flow you to where you need to go. So, um, yeah. That's awesome. Did we cover surrender? Do we need to say more? I think we're good. Well, I want to hear your poem. Yes. Yeah, so, um, before, uh, I don't even know what to call this. Uh, before we started the show, I told Sarah, um, I have this very old, my other notebook, I didn't have any more white pages. So I had this very old notebook that I picked up and I was looking for a blank page. So as we talk, I take notes. And as soon as I opened this up and um, it came to a page and the first word on there was surrender. I'm like, oh, okay, how appropriate. Thank you. Let me go see what this is. So I don't even know when I wrote this, why I wrote it. There isn't anything else on these two pages or before or after it that tells me when or why it's there. But at some point, I wrote this thing. So we thought it would be a good idea to close with it. So I hope you enjoy it. Close, you can close your eyes, listen to it, however you want that works for you. I chose to trust in the great magic and miracle unfolding in my life. I'm grateful for the blessings of grace flowing into my heart now. I have no need to know. I trust in the perfection of my being unfolding. I accept my destiny with a peaceful, trusting heart, knowing I'm safe, 
supported, and loved. I choose to surrender the stories, attachments, fantasies, and fears that have held me back from fully living my heart's desires. I choose to trust unconditionally in loving genius of life to lead me into my fulfilled destiny. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this show with me. I always have fun doing these things with you. Thank you me for too. being my co-host. <laughs> Thank you for everybody that popped in and out and everybody that's gonna watch this later. Uh, please share your comments, share with others. And if there are topics that you want Sarah and I to talk about in the next Magical Curiosities, either put it in the comments or email, text us, and we'll be sure to have it as a next item. Thank you, everybody. Have a beautiful day. Love you all. Bye, Sarah. Bye. <laughs>